This episode of Solar Stories is produced by Mouth Media Network and presented by Solar. People will be able to tell if you're wearing something that looks completely to the left of what you normally do, it's going to turn people off. It's going to look like you were forced into a certain look for what's trendy, you know, check out this by this new company. If you stay authentic, I think people can immediately tell. They can tell from your caption. They can tell from the picture. Um, I always try to engage as much with my followers in the comments and it's really got to go with the picture. And, you know, I'm usually actually doing something in my photos. Like I was actually, you know, in this country on the way here, I saw this, I took a picture. If you're in some weird outfit that looks like it just doesn't, it just looks like you're trying to sell somebody something. I think it's going to turn people off. For actor, model, director, and photographer, Jonathan Morgan, the word influencer is not his identity. Yet he has 73,000 followers. He prefers to think of himself as someone who inspires people. John's balance of modeling and promotion has allowed him to pick the brands to work with that are authentic to who he truly is. This has paved the way to an organic audience that responds to his content. Coming up, John's start in print modeling, tricky ways to benchmark your influencer's success, the importance of a healthy relationship between influencer and brand, standing up for your personal brand and content while knowing when to say no to a deal, and finally, what it means to be a career model versus being an influencer. I'm George Manley, and you can find John on Instagram at saint.john, which is spelled S-T-J-O-N, and his story in this episode of Solar Stories, the art and business of influence. So, Jonathan. Hey. Nice to meet you nice in to person, meet you finally. In person, yeah. Thank you for, uh, for coming today. Thank Thanks you for, for sitting down with us with Solar Stories. So we have uh, the wonderful Mr. Christopher Holland with us today as well, sitting in to annoy us and <laughs> give us a perspective on what it's really like on the streets. <laughs> um, Jonathan, let's jump right into it. So as we talked about, this is, uh, this is really a celebration of you, and this is an opportunity for you to ideally talk about something that maybe is a a layer uh, of the onion deeper than what you get into on your uh, lifestyle blogging and in your, and your sort of public life. Yeah. Um, we don't need to know all of your insecurities, but uh -huh. I'd like to, I'd like to know a little bit more about, you know, what, um, what makes you tick. Um, and then because solar stories is called the art and business of influence at mm -hmm. some point, I'd love to jump into like, cause our, the listeners of this show are, are mostly like, like, up and coming bloggers, people that want to become influencers. And so like getting sort of tricks of the trade is, is interesting to them mm -hmm. as well and to us. Yeah. So sure. where would you like to begin? Can we, can we start with your, uh, with your story, kind of where you came from, what your, what your background is? So I started in print modeling. I've been print modeling pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, probably too long, but listen, it just keeps getting better. So why not just keep doing it? Um, you know, I've been around the world multiple times. I've worked in a bunch of different cities. I've lived in a bunch of different cities. Eventually ended up here in New York. Um, the the influencer thing is kind of a new, you know, if you take that space of time, the influencer thing kind of just came around recently. Right. I think when I first heard the term influencer, it almost sounded sinister to me. I was like influent. That almost sounds like somebody's trying to do something to you. Right. But then people would say, <laughs> people would say, oh, you're, you're an influencer. And I just say, 
I don't know. Am I an influencer? And you know, if you notice, I don't really like put that on my page or anything. But <coughs> sure enough, you know, as the numbers went up, I would get people, you know, asking me, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? So it's kind of the place I'm at now. Um, so you consider yourself a person of influence? A person of influence, I would say. I don't think I'm going to wear that influencer hat yet. Right. right. If not, ever, right? I find it better to just be yourself. And if people are inspired, maybe, like we should make a new word, like inspirer or something. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, because Lauren's been calling. Have you spoken to Lauren? About, yeah, we okay. email a lot. Yeah. One of the things that we really want to know from every active influencer on solar is what word should we be using other than influencer? Because I don't like the term either. I do like person of influence. Mm -hmm. Not only quite literally because we want to put like something in the menu bar that like accesses all of you guys and your stores mm -hmm. and we'd rather it didn't say in like shop by influencer. But at the same time, like we need something that still resonates with consumers where they know what that is. So at some point we might send out like a, a survey monkey or something and have you guys vote on like. Yeah. like oh, the you'll top... have the different words there. <laughs> well, yeah, the words that like pick. you guys came up with in your interviews. But yeah, but I'm I'm more I guess what I'm more getting at is. And, and actually, we talked about this uh, in the last episode with um, uh, Batsheva, Sunnies and Sangria. But the the term influencer these days, at least, and I know you're right, it's not an old term, has some baggage with it, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it like to the to the layman, it's um, it's a term of like narcissism and you Definitely. know self promotion and, and all of that. But but where I really see it. Um, having met you and, and a lot of the other people that are working on solar in particular, the professionals, I'll call them, mm -hmm. um, people, you know, you, you have multiple forms of income, right? You're, you're a model, you've done other things in your life. You're not just a blogger. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's a hustle, right? Like it's hard. It's it is. And you, and you like creating content, building an online brand. I mean, Christopher knows this because he manages it. Like the idea of, really trying to actually have influence over people and build an audience that's authentic is hard. Yeah. So like it's the word really shouldn't have baggage because if you're an influencer, you're actually a hustler. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you know, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff to get that content out there. And I feel like sometimes it's overlooked. Um, people who create good content know how hard it is. People do a lot of influencers do make it seem like it's effortless to put the stuff out there because I think they want to have that. That's a part of their brand to make it look effortless. Like, Oh, here I am in the forest and I'm just drinking this drink product that somebody gave me when really you planned that trip. Every prop there was there for a reason. Like everything right. is set up. You're getting paid in some cases. Yeah. yeah. You're getting paid. Well, that's another thing we should get into. Um, stuff is, you know, the influencer thing is harder than it looks. Um, with the influencer name, I'm just thinking, you know, what was the benchmark of when somebody can start calling themselves an influencer? Because when I first heard about it, I'd look and I'd see people that have 5,000 followers that are saying they're an influencer. I saw people with 2,000 followers that say they're an influencer. You'll see people in Europe that might have 5,000 followers, but every day they've got a different company giving them an outfit. Or I'm just like, in America, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and I'm just like, 5,000, what? I've also... um you know, because I travel a lot and people are, people would ask me stuff about travel. Um, I'd reach out to travel companies, you know, different locations and, you know, the response is different depending on kind of where you're from and then 
they look at your page and then they try to decide. And I'm just thinking, but I see an influencer on your page that's got 5,000, 10,000 and you're putting her, her in your hotel for free. And I'm just thinking it's kind of like there's no benchmark of anything yeah, in but, the industry. But, but that's all relative, right? Because you know, I don't know. Have you seen Buckheimer? Have you seen that that brand on solar yet? The leather bags? I've seen it, but I haven't really looked. So my wife and I own that brand. But mm -hmm. if I had 5,000 customers, if we sold 5,000 bags, mm -hmm. I'd be rich. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so like 5,000 uh, is still a of lot. Of course. No, but like 5,000, I mean, the 5,000 number of followers isn't by any means you're buying public. Yeah. It's more, it's more accurate to look at the number of likes you get on average and the comments. Those are the people who are actually really interested in what you're doing. Right. Right? Right. So... You know, when you look at a company giving, you know, free stuff to somebody who's got 5,000 followers and, and then they say no to you, you kind of say, well, what's the benchmark of your influencers? Like, what are you gauging them on? Is it the way they look? Is it, you know, who right. they know? Right. Is it, you know, what is it? And then we can get into the whole fake followers and that well, kind of stuff. Me, like, yeah, I, I want to. It's and... huge because now it's huge. It's just like it's the new, especially with that announcement that Instagram might hide the likes that people have. Yeah. It's That's just, just... going to open up the floodgates of you can buy 25,000 followers for 20 bucks. <laughs> Zuckerberg is a real master at I, screwing up his I own I don't products, think he knows he? what he's doing because he's no. never been. Well, maybe you shouldn't say <laughs> he's going to like delete my page. I don't know. As somebody probably you wasn't popular. That's scary what you just <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, right? Literally, you think that he has that kind of like influence and control over your life. Um, it, it's also another reason why, and I hate to plug solar because this isn't about solar. This is about you. But like, you know, internally in our company, you know, uh, every time Instagram says, oh, we're going to do something to monetize, you know, influencers on Instagram directly, mm -hmm. you know, people on our team freak out because they're like, oh, is it going to make solar relevant? We're spending all this time and money to build this community. Mm -hmm. And I say no, because you know what? Influence or Instagram may ultimately destroy itself like Facebook did. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, at a minimum, it's one platform. Like who's to say that, that Instagram is the only place where people can build brands in the world? Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And and Instagram does not pay pay anybody directly nope. to, 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 to use their platform. They also don't endorse you. There's no way that you know that they're promoting your handle over somebody else's. And the algorithm changes every week. All the time. They don't tell you. They right. don't tell you what's allowed. They don't really make it clear what's allowed and what's not. Right. Even if you do something that's paid, like a if you want to run a paid promo, you have no proof whether it's working or not. You have no proof that they actually showed it to as many people as they said. Right. Um, you know, you can do one, I know somebody who runs them consistently, the exact same metrics and sometimes he'll get a huge result from it. And then the next week, the very exact same thing, we'll get like a 10th of that. And you're like, well, did Instagram just mess that up or what? Cause what was the difference? Right. Right. Cause you know that there's glitches all the time. They had right. that time last month where it shut down three times in a month. Yeah. So like, if that just... wasn't a hack, yeah, I'm you know, strike me with lightning. Did right somebody, like, oh, give yeah, me a so, break. Somebody was out for Zuckerberg. Yeah, right. <laughs> so if so, if you paid them money and you're like a business on there and all of a sudden, you know, you're paying money and then it goes down. Wait, did you just take my money now? Because yeah, you weren't course, showing people in that time. Of course they did. You it's think just, they paid anybody back? I know. It's just not transparent in any way. That's why I think a lot of people are di diversifying in terms of people going back to YouTube. I found yeah. YouTube got uncool for a second. Right. It got kind of corny. Right. People went to Instagram and now people are going back to YouTube. People are also using Twitter more than ever, like Twitter. with media. 
people are beginning to use um, TikTok and other, you know, mm-hmm. things that are coming out that are on the rise. I think you can be somebody who's if you're somebody who's very visual, uh, YouTube is probably the best bet for you. Mm-hmm. But just like we just said, like content creation is so big. I mean, my biggest stress is not having content to post. Um, if you set yourself up as being somebody who puts out high quality content, which I think everybody should, you kind of put yourself in a in a in a place where you have to keep getting to that level. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there sometimes like, wow, I can't post a selfie right now because that doesn't really <laughs> blend in with my whole page. Mm-hmm. Right. They're You're upping your own ante, but here's the yeah. problem. It also gets more expensive. Oh, yeah. And then you've got to – this is really what I struggle with. Like this is – and again, I feel like I'm plugging solar a lot in this episode. But Do you, bro? This is, this is ultimately <laughs> what solar is trying to uh, be a solution for is that like brands have a hard time – um, knowing like if I give this influencer free product mm-hmm. and or pay them, mm-hmm. how does that translate into sales? And what should I pay them? Right? What's mm-hmm. the what's the metrics on that? And vice versa. Like, do you always know how to how to uh, how to um, price yourself? Right? When you mm-hmm. approach a brand, um, that's there seems to be no like guardrails around that. It's kind of the wild wild west. And yeah. so, influencer marketing is still very difficult like you said like in europe 5000 followers is very different from yeah. how it is here and so my question to you is like personally like how do you price yourself like how do you know what's a good opportunity how do you know what's going to actually result in something that you're proud of so i probably turn down 80% of the people that approach me to promote products either because i don't like it uh it's not going to look natural or you know, the approach was just wrong. <laughs> I don't know how, to, how else to put it. Um, I'm not going to promote something that it's so blatantly obvious that I don't use it. A lot of times it's like, you know, fitness drinks or just something where if you looked at my page, you'd be like, John, where, where are you getting this stuff from? Um, and why is it green? <laughs> yeah. Why is it green? And I'm like, Neon is green. this thing like proof? Like, I'm not going to tell people to drink this. And then all of a sudden their teeth fall out right. a month later. Right. Um, and it just looks weird. Um, then a lot of times a company wanted company wants to dictate the, which of their products they want to give to you. And it just might not work. I mean, I had a, I won't mention the company's name, but the company sent me probably the ugliest thing that they made. And I, I mentioned, you know, you asked me which one I wanted and I told you, and you sent me like the craziest color <laughs> that you possibly could make. And it didn't really get that much of a reaction. And then they said, you know, you know, we didn't get that many swipe ups. And I'm thinking, well, you didn't send me the one that I told you that would kind of go with what I wanted yeah. to wear. The so location. you weren't emotionally attached Ooh. to it anyway. You know, so that's you know, going to translate in your content, right? But as far as the money thing, I think it's different for me because, you know, being a working model in the industry, you know, this is what I do for a living. I'm getting paid really good money for a day's work of promoting, you know, clothing, a product, whatever it is. But the terms around that are very uh, defined. Yeah, the terms are very defined. But still, for me to go from getting paid a great amount of money for promoting a product and then somebody wants me to do it for a free T-shirt or, you know, a couple hundred bucks, it's almost like, well, why would I do that? That's what kind of like my first reaction. I mean, you can see on my page, you know, I'm with the biggest agency in the world. Who are you This, 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 Wilhelmina. Um, Who are they? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, I've worked with this person, this person, this person, but then you want me to do promotion for you for free or for something where you, you know that if you were to do a an actual camp ad campaign, you could not get anybody to do it for that. So I kind of, if I keep doing, or if I start doing stuff for people for free or a tiny amount of money, I'm kind of like diminishing my own brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never know. I know clients do look at Instagram. That's another thing. Like big, I've had big companies in Europe that have flown me over to Europe say that they just looked at my Instagram and they booked me. Right. So if somebody sees that, when you're, you when know, you're in LA, that's how people say hello. Yeah. Hi, what's, <laughs> what's your, your Instagram? Instagram? <laughs> So people look and they see I'm advertising this pair of shoes for 500 bucks, you know, they can go to your agency and be like, well, we've got 500 bucks for him. And my agency would be like, what? <laughs> you know that that's not the, even the minimum of what you would pay somebody. But then again, if you're like a college student and you just happen to have a really good Instagram, by all means, take 500 bucks. I can see if a company offered you 500 bucks, do it. Right. You know, you've got them bills to pay. Right. So for me, I start so with... So you're saying sell yourself out if you're in college. If you're in college, <laughs> listen, when I hear how much college debt some people have, I'm it's like, crazy. do what you need to do, kid. Yeah, that, I'm that. like, do what, if you get a free product and maybe some money, just do it. Um, what I always... I always start with if the product's going to look natural, if it's something I would use. Um, and then I look at the company. I try to try to see if they do have money. <laughs> I try to look. I'm like... Mm. You look like you can afford this. And then I go for that because it takes a lot of work and sometimes money to create the content. Uh, a lot of times I'm on a trip somewhere. Um, let's say I think the picture would be really great for this product at the beach or something. I mean, I have to get somebody to take the picture of me. Like I use my camera. I set the camera and I'll have a friend do it. Then I have to edit it. I don't just click, click. Here's me holding it in the mirror. Like it takes effort, time, and sometimes money to do it. So, you know, I put it out there. You might get some no's. We can't afford that. But at the end of the day, you have to stick to your guns and, you know, not be, you know, not cheaping yourself. I hate to use it like that, but like not cheaping yourself, if you know what I mean. I do. Absolutely. That answers your question. It does. Mm -hmm. um, let's take a quick break. Mm -hmm. um, and when we come back, uh, I definitely want to hear about your background and I want to know about your story and kind of, kind of how you got literally to this chair today. To learn more about solar and to hear more solar stories, visit solar.com or visit our Instagram channel, solar.hq. So Jonathan, tell us about how you've built your online following and how that has sort of parlayed in your career as a model and as you know, a person of influence with a personal style that's, that's worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how those two blend. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the day to day of stuff, I mean, we can get into it, like just how the, the amount of rejection and modeling. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, that like, stuff is, is, is being a person of color. That's what we talked stuff. about with Broderick. Yeah. yeah. Thing is, well, actually, with Broderick, we talked like, about the the, oh, yeah, the assault. About that other but shit. Broderick is from a new crop. Yeah. I've been Wait, modeling for you? three decades. So, like, how old are you? Thirty four. Oh yeah, he's right. 
Bro, there's no struggling now. They don't know struggling. So well, it's just like he's like the he's 28. He's the last class of before it changed. Kind of. He's right there before it really now. But he didn't do it in the other countries where they were still even further behind America. Um, like I mean, I was in Europe. I've had like yeah. I mean, he got kiboshed when he went to Milan and he, he blew up because of D squared, but that was because he crashed and Versace dropped him and he went through all this crap because he was black and it was a mess and whatever. But I still know what you're talking about because he was literally like the last class. That stuff even doesn't even mean the same thing as it used to because now a Versace campaign pays three thousand dollars. That's right. So it's that's like, right. oh, I didn't get Versace. That's oh, right. Well. That's right. Whereas that's when right. I was younger, Versace yeah. you would have been made for the rest of your life. That's right. Oh, that's been right. sixty grand, right? Yeah, yeah you yeah, would have right. when you were getting a, people in LA were getting a commercial and not yeah. working for the rest of the and year, and you would get residuals. Yeah, because yeah. the, a car commercial would run for a year; it would be that year's Toyota commercial. Right. Yeah, and now Toyota's doing the Valentine's commercial, right. the Father's Day commercial, right. the Fourth of July commercial. So right. your commercial might run for one segment. That's you right. can't by any means be like, oh yeah, I land, I landed a commercial. I'm good. Let's go on a vacation, no, honey. Right. And it's like no, he is definitely because he he kind of transitioned, and he has definitely said just what you said. He was like. I don't even know how these kids are fucking doing it. Yeah. This money that they're, they're getting is bullshit. They're oh, not. it's he completely. Like, it's they're they're collapsing in South America. Like, when I, yeah. No, I'm serious. I, yeah. Like, like yeah. kids are struggling. When I'm like c- coaching like newer people from Wilhelmina, they're just like, can you talk to this guy? Like do some digital to him, like help him. The stuff that they think. And I'm just like, dude, that is not the reality. I mean, oh, but like Dolce & Gabbana. They said, I'm like, that lookbook pays 800 You mean euro. the racist company? <laughs> yeah well they're just like yeah that you, you know i'm gonna be big after that mm, not with the 800 euro they're gonna pay you and they don't exactly. pay your transportation and they don't so how are you gonna right. get over they're there they're gonna book you as a there's hell like no as a local on some shit that you're there's not even so local. much that goes into it and just yeah, like the stupid. networking and then you know people get a like from from like D squared on Instagram. And then they're like, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm like, did you look at their page? How many people's pictures they like? Exactly. And I was like, none of this. By the way, that was a bot. That was (laughs) a bot. bot. Exactly. That was their assistant. Right. A thought bot. (laughs) (laughs) And you like, and the people who know people in the industry and they're just like, well, look at this person. And then like, we all know stories about the person. And we're like, Oh "Mm -hmm." yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We're just like, that person didn't make it the way you think they made it. That's what I'm saying. We talk about that too. Yeah. yeah, Like there's that crap. You know, which is which is also when it comes down to like the branding and you being kind of authentic about like who you are and just worrying about what's going on from the inside out as opposed to from the outside in mm-hmm. and staying true to that because people have sold themselves out time and time again and they're like damaged goods and ain't nobody checking for that. Yeah. It's like a doorknob. Everybody's had a turn. There's definitely a group of people who came into the industry and they're known for kind of being willing to do whatever it takes to make it and doing it for free. Sometimes no money, sometimes usually free. And it kind of decreased the money in the industry because, well, Hey, Ricardo did naked shots for free. When you used to get paid back in, you know, when I was a teenager, if you even showed a little bit of like booty cheek, that was like 25 G's. And now there's people showing up that, uh, we're willing you, to do it for whatever. Christopher you, was drawing them yeah. last night. You can't uh, like at a Norwood. smile. <laughs> you can't. You can't even compete with that. Yeah. You know, like, what are you gonna? You there? It's no winning. So. And, and the perception is kind of well. 
this person or, or these people want it more than you do. Really? No, that's kind of not it. It's because you're supposed to pay me for, for work. You're supposed to pay me according to the work. But for a lot of, you know, designers, photographers, you're a quote unquote better talent if you're doing cartwheels naked. I mean, how many pictures? Putting it mildly. How many pictures yeah. have you seen where it's like a new editorial and it's just the dude in a white underwear, if not less, you know, against a plain background and people are like, wow, it's amazing. What? What? Right. <laughs> you used to get paid so much money, money to do that. To do and that. now it's basically a lot of people see it as a requirement. Right. Right. And, and so when I. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, for the people that are able to still tap into the art of it mm -hmm. and make it float, I like champion that. But even with my own representation, like I can't represent anyone that at least you have to have also a brand, an art focus, something to emanate an influence from. Mm -hmm. If you're just out here, because like you always say, George, you blew up because you took a shirtless selfie and somebody said you was cute one day and you willing to do exceedingly and abundantly above yeah. to land some, like I can't do anything with that. And that's not going to last. Good low float. Not going to last. Bro. You so can't how many of those? Shit. How many of those are you going to do for how many years, years. before it gets tired? Exactly. And why would this company with all of looking tired before you yeah, start looking tired <laughs> stuff's going to droop. Yeah. You're gonna look a little wrinky, wrinkly out there. Yeah. Just, but why would a company that has all this money want to sign you and pay you a great amount of money for who you are and what right. you're doing when every single picture that you're putting out there is some, you know, cartwheel in your underwear, exactly. cartwheel naked, just like, exactly. but you know, that's out there and that's what you compete with. And unfortunately there's this new crop of people showing up that think that that's what the standard is exactly. because of Instagram. You know, the word models kind of like everybody's uh, got model in their, in right, their Instagram. Right. Bio. You take a picture of your pretty face. You take a a model. Picture, shut it's up. like fashion of high fashion. Yeah. Like stop. But you know, the other thing is too, like you were saying, like, like all money is not good money. And you know how you were saying like 80% of the intake you decline because yeah. it's not a fit. And I push that for all of my people because I'm like, if you just be authentic and align yourself with things that are on brand with your personal brand, mm -hmm. you're more likely to see some kind of longevity. And now stuff is changing because these brands are starting to see there's no value in, in, in like partnering with you mm -hmm. because just because you have a large following doesn't mean that it's going to resonate because you will post anything. Yes. You will and see so, the people who just have like, there are dudes that have 200,000 followers, but they got it by posting towel selfies at the gym. That doesn't mean that a company's going to want to work with you exactly. because of that. I think that guy follows me. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them want to be on solar. Exactly. I'm really sure they no, are selling I, towels. Oh, you oh, I thought, he thought, selling I, I thought he thought I, I was cute. All the I DQ it all the time. <laughs> selling towels. Not playing. Nope. Not Absolutely not. Go that way. The no. well, there are some really nice Shut towels out there. Yeah. I don't give a damn. Um, that, <laughs> That what you're talking about though is really an interesting question because in my mind, what you choose not to promote is almost as relevant about you and about the industry as what you choose to promote. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And and what a lot of probably your fans, but also just people that know of influencing in general mm -hmm. don't understand is that there's this whole behind the scenes, as you were saying, that mm -hmm. like there is a choice and like you have a big audience and that's a great thing because you've focused on the content. As mm -hmm. you said, it's like a designer focusing on the 
product mm-hmm. rather than being like a copycat or a fast fashion brand, right? Mm-hmm. You're focusing on your product, but at the same time, you're uh, turning things down. So you're still curating definitely all the time. One of the things that I said at the beginning of the process was I don't want my page to be the home shopping network of Instagram where every day it's this and buy this, buy this. And like, what's John selling? Because you just look like one of those people on QVC. That's just every day they've got a new product that they're trying to sell you. And even people I know that's kind of like turned me off from the going on their page because I don't want to, I don't want somebody who's just, you know, Hey, a company gave you this amount of money to sell this to me today. And I'm just, you know, that's not a reason to tune into somebody's content because of that. Um, so I'm, well, can I ask a follow-up to that? So, and this is really, to me, the core question, it's really hard. Um, I don't know the answer. You may not either, but how do you build an online audience that is authentic, right? Mm-hmm. It's not full of fake followers. You're not buying it. Um, people that actually like your style and want to learn from that or be inspired by it without, uh, sacrificing, you know, your, um, core values, Mm -hmm. but still finding a way to monetize it where you're not just hustling for your fans and pouring money out there to create great content and not getting anything back for it. Well, I'm lucky in the sense that I make a great income from modeling. So I'm not desperate for any companies, any brand on Instagram's money where I'm like, damn, I got to say yes, because I really need this. So I'm lucky that I can be choosy. I really feel like my followers are smart. They'll look at a picture and they'll see that this looks like you got forced to do this. I mean, this whole outfit looks like somebody picked it for you. People kind of know what my style is. I kind of have a general people know like the general look that I go for. Um, people will be able to tell if you're wearing something that looks completely to the left of what you normally do, it's going to turn people off. It's going to look like you were forced into a certain look for what's trendy, you know, check out this by this new company. If you stay authentic, I think people can immediately tell they can tell from your caption. They can tell from the picture. Um, I was trying to engage as much with my followers in, the comments and it's really got to go with the picture. And, you know, I'm usually actually doing something in my photos. Like I was actually, you know, in this country on the way here, I saw this, I took a picture. If you're in some weird outfit that looks like it just doesn't, it just looks like you're trying to sell somebody something. I think it's going to turn people off. But even if it looks on brand for you, do you call out the fact that you're getting paid to promote that thing? Or how do you, that's what I'm saying. How do you blend the two? You see what I'm saying? Where it's still authentic and you're not betraying the brand you've built with your fans, but you're getting compensated for the effort. Because I actually like the item. That's why I said yes to it. I have no problem saying, Hey guys, like if usually people will like the clothes that I wear anyway. And just say, if you really like the shirt, you can check it out at there's the company name. I really like it because And if I take a great picture with it and it just doesn't look like me standing there, like this is the shirt. Um, Have you seen those videos that people do now where they're just trying on clothes and it's like just them standing in the corner of the room, putting on clothes. Fast forward. I would never do anything that looks just so contrived like that. But if you look like it's a natural thing for you, I don't feel like you're compromising. And if you mention, Hey, I actually really do like this shirt. um, People respond to that. I don't think you need to overthink it that much as far as like, the monetization part because the fact that hmm 
Well, I think you said it. You 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 have the luxury, I'll say, mm-hmm. of not needing to get paid, mm-hmm. um, and you're truly getting to uh, choose the things that you really believe in, which is probably why you have such a great audience. Um, but for the people that don't have that option, like the college students you mentioned, like, w- is there any words of advice you would give them, particularly in the world of like Instagram changing their algorithm every week and the way that you actually can monetize your experience on there? And I'm not singling out Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. just saying like, this is a forum. Solar Stories is a forum for if somebody wants to become Jonathan Morgan, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Don't try to be all things fashion at once because it's never going to happen because that's just not how fashion is. If you are a college student, if, you are, if you're anything, zero in on that one part of fashion that you can nail. So your thing might be how to get really good clothes for cheap. Your thing might be you know, how to go to thrift stores and make outfits. I, I have a friend who just did a story. Uh, where he went to a thrift store and he picked out an outfit and he put it together and it looked really good. And he got, I think he got something like 2000 followers off of stories off of this. Cause people had just shared it and you know, your thing could be, your thing could be festival clothing. Your thing could be vacation clothing. Your thing could be like suits. Don't just try, don't try to be like the Mecca of fashion where you're trying to do everything. Cause that just looks fake to people. And then what kind of audience are you going to get from that? So I started many, many years ago back in Toronto, Canada. That's my uh, birthplace. And believe it or not, Toronto's actually, it's actually more popping than people think it is. It's always been kind of like a movie set. It's been like a, like a second New York. So modeling was always good there. And I kind of exhausted the market when I was younger. Like I've been in everything. I've been in TV commercials, catalogs, everything. I mean, I was in a a magazine that came out in my high school that they sold in my high school. I remember kids had basically bought them all by the time I got to school that day. And people were like, John, John, you're in this magazine. Um, after high school, I decided that, you know, I want to broaden my horizons and I went to Europe kind of not, not prepared for how different the approach, not only to modeling was, but to people of color in modeling because Toronto's the most diverse city in the world. It's like everybody's everybody loves everybody. Everything's legal. Yep. Everybody's just like, you know, the more the merrier, whatever you look like, it's cool. Europe at the time was not so much like that. Let's just say that. So going between London, Paris, Milan, um, you definitely you definitely get some doors slammed in your face. And kind of you get them slammed in in sometimes very direct ways and sometimes not so direct ways. Um, You know, you can, you you know, I've been places where I was the perfect fit for the clothes, Mm -hmm. everything like that. And you just see, you just see a kind of, you just see who, who people work with and who they don't. I mean, a lot of people didn't realize that I understand French and I'd heard people say stuff under their breath and you're just like, wow, you don't realize people from Canada understand yeah, French. Exactly. Just like, you know, the same thing. I understand some Italian and, you know, it would just be situations like that. So the, I actually, one of the ones that like stands out the most to me was I, I was in Paris and they actually had a sign on a door 
that said European models only, which is, isn't that like, you might as well put whites only. Exactly. You might as well put whites only. Yeah. Like a lot of designers and a lot of people in the industry at the time felt like they could hide behind an aesthetic of what they felt like their company was. I mean, in my mind, I had visions of, you know, the kids from my childhood. Okay, cool. And people say, yeah, okay, that was your vision. But if everybody did that and kept doing it, we would not be the place that we are right now. But you can see the industry slowly changing. I mean, the more that people of color made it into, you know, higher positions, especially in designing and stuff like that, the more, you know, the more opportunities there were. Probably the best thing that I did was not be not be discouraged and not identify myself with the modeling or the rejection. I mean, I knew there was rejection. Like that's how that's how it was gonna be. So just maneuvering myself around around the world basically of, you know, where can I get some work now? Oh, you know, somebody said it's getting a little slow over here. Um, you know, I didn't really like the reaction from, from this agent over here. And I just kept moving, moving, moving. I mean, I lived in Brazil, I lived in South Africa, I lived in Tokyo. Um, that's probably also the biggest advice I would give to people is you got to keep your ear to the ground and you got to know when to, when to hold them, when to fold them, when this is not going to be the place for you right now, you might have to leave and come back. All your friends might be in one area and you're having a really good time, but are you making money? Because this is a job at the end of the day. And as much as you like clubbing in New York and whatever, and you like being there, well, the best place for you right now might be in, you know, in London or in Germany. Germany's actually like a really great place for like models and stuff. It's not the most fun place to be. <laughs> you might be there in the dead of winter. Um, you know, not really partying every night the way you do in New York, but you're going to come back with some money. So I was just maneuvering myself all over the world, you know, until I really felt like the next step was to be in New York. Obviously, I did it the legal way, which took a while. Uh, did it the legal way, came here, and all of that experience kind of prepared me for, you know, New York is the big leagues. Even when people talk about LA, New York is still more than LA. I think LA is a very big misconception that people have, you know, there, there is stuff going on there, like the Hollywood stuff, but you're also in a, also way more fish out there yeah, that you're yeah. competing with. So came to New York, I'm with Wilhelmina now, and it's kind of like the best relationship that I've had with anybody. <clears throat> Always just like we talked about before, you got to be doing more than one thing. And I don't really look at modeling like I'm, you know, th this is, this is my calling. This is what I'm doing. I mean, a lot of times these jobs are you putting on a very basic outfit and smiling. I mean, you'd be selling yourself short if you said that this was your sole reason of being here. I mean, I'm very into writing. I'm continuing my photography, obviously. Like I, I shoot with, you know, most of the models from Wilhelmina. I was lucky enough to work with Jim Moore, who's the creative director of GQ. Um, he's a great guy. Um, I was working with Will Smith two days ago, nice. <laughs> which was, um, yeah, I don't think I'm allowed to say anything more, but like, yeah. he's, he's awesome. Um, really down to earth. Great dude. Um, the best thing that models can do and what I've been doing 
it's kind of been a part of my story is do your modeling, do your, whatever you're pursuing. If you're out there trying to do acting, whatever, but you can't just do that. I mean, everybody's got some other passion in the meantime that you can do and pursue. And you never know what's going to get popping first. You might have to do this other thing before you come back to this thing. So my photography and my writing is kind of what my passion has been in right now. And then luckily knock on wood, the modeling is just going from strength to strength. Um, so lucky I get to travel. So I get paid, you know, really well for doing this job every day. I wake up, I say, thank you. Thank you, God. And it's mostly because of all the stuff that I told you, I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Even when people were saying, I remember when somebody told me you're never going to work for Vivian Westwood, who is, who was at the time, probably one of the most famous British designers. I was living in London and literally the next month I booked it. And that person at the agency had to turn and look at me and be like, Oh, um, so you, uh, booked Vivian Westwood. And I was like, yeah, it was just, mm-hmm. I feel like God had a hand in it. Like, mm-hmm. shut up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Shut up. Yeah. Um, cause she just liked my look and you know, I fit the clothes perfectly. You really never know what's going to happen in the industry. It's such a gamble. You have no idea how much you're going to make. You can make, you can make a hundred thousand one year and the next year you make five, <laughs> 5,000. I mean, that happens to people. It's, it's up and down. You have to really roll with the punches, think ahead, you know, just like, you know, there's the old stereotype of a lot of models and actors being servers, you know, waiters working in nightlife. If you have to do that, do it, right? Do it. Right. Cause a lot of people did that. Yeah. Even people that don't even want to tell you that they did it. A yeah. lot of people did it. Had to bridge the gap. <laughs> and like we were saying, there is this, there is this misconception now with the new crop of people that's coming up who think that it's super easy. It's as easy as once you hit 20,000 followers, you know, go look for an apartment in LA. It's like, uh, it's not like that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't translate. You still have to know what you're doing when you do it. And a client, a good client, I mean, solar just, you know, you mentioned you're working with, you know, Procter and Gamble, like huge companies like that. It's cool. You got followers, but at the end of the day, you still have to perform. That's right. You still have to go into that Deliver. room with mm-hmm. executives. You go in some of these rooms and you just smell the money. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, these people are rich for a reason. Right. They know what they're talking about. They know what they want. When you walk in there, they don't care that Kylie Jenner liked one of your photos. They really don't. You have to be the best person for that product. If you're not showing off that cell phone, that, you know, those earphones, the shirt, whatever, you're not going to get it. You're just not going to get it. Right. As cool as you think you look, if you're not the look for the brand, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, a lot, a lot of my success I think has been attributed to kind of being a chameleon in terms of what a client would like and just being open to, you know, a client would not like if I got a huge tattoo across the top of my chest right now. Right. I mean, if you are a body type of person where you can see yourself doing body stuff, you know, maybe hold off on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't jump on that bandwagon of the nose piercings and right. the the everything at that moment. Cause you know, that big company might not like you. Right. And I think, you know, in the time that I've been modeling, the, the people who I've seen come and go is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The people who were hot shit that, you know, 
I would get completely ignored by some people and I'd be in the agency and the agency would be going crazy over this one person that was there. That person is gone now. <laughs> that person is nowhere to be no found. Mm -hmm. If I could tell you how many times that happened, I mean, people, people don't realize it's a sad part of it. There are people that are dead. There yeah, are people that true. are, there are people that have disappeared and like nobody knows where they are. Yeah. There are people who are actually dead. Yeah. That at one time they were the hottest thing. Yeah. They're, People would say you are nothing compared to them, but here I am all these years later, that person is not here. I mean, there are people who were hot for two seasons and that's it. Right. And I think trying to be the hot shit of the moment, why do you want to be around for a moment? You know, an it person, because you did two seasons of, you know, you did two seasons of some up, upper class French designer, as opposed to having 20 30 years of working with like companies you might think are very commercial commercial means money commercial means you can pay your rent and then some commercial means a down payment on a house so when you look at when i look at my career and people say oh well you you know you didn't do this high fashion person from milan yeah okay and i know people who did do it and now they're broke those people ask me for money now right, <laughs> like exactly so it's like my, like, I have no regrets about the, the trajectory that my career has been on. So if I'm ever coaching somebody new and I'm talking to them, I just try to like take the stars out of their eyes and think you need to love and like aspire and all that kind of stuff. But your number one interest should be you and your bank account, you and your bank account. When you go get a mortgage, when you want to buy a house, the, they don't care about that Italian designer. <laughs> they care about the money. The money. The money. The bottom line. And when, just like we talked about, the money is not what people think it is anymore in those industries. I mean, do you want to go do that lookbook for that designer for a thousand euro? Target pays more than that. And you might, you might look at Target like, I want a model for Target. But, tar but Target, oh Lord, Target. Listen, I love Target. <laughs> Target Listen, I if you're you listening, do. Target. you do. <laughs> Target. I will be shopping, buying everything at Target for the amount of money that they have given me. Yeah. I mean, and Target can keep hiring you. They like you. They, they will like keep you, hiring you. It's a relationship. That's right. You bust your ass for a year to impress some designer in Italy that's going to pay you a thousand euro. And then they're done with you. And then they're done. If they don't want to sleep with you after. And then they're <laughs> done with you. And you're never going to book that again. You might book something else, but like you worked a whole year. And like you, you did all these shoots so you could impress that person. Maybe you didn't, they didn't like you the first time. Um, you had to like kiss your agent's ass to make sure that they sent you in there. So you could get that one lookbook. Target just calls me up. Right, <laughs> right, they right, just right. call me up. Hey, John, you're booked next week. And you get more than that. Honestly, like when you're buying that house. Right. When you're buying that, you're going to be thinking about, oh, I didn't do that high class. Exactly. That quote unquote high class. How are class. you going to survive and maintain? How are you going to maintain that? Yeah. I mean, you know, the luxury world isn't, you know, isn't the same as it was before. Even they're wondering how they're going to diversify. You notice you see a lot of those luxury brands that, you know, two decades ago when I started, who would not even 
look at kind of a black or urban culture right. you notice all of them doing like streetwear yeah. now Same. people are making like yeah. these high class brands that were like oh we're french and we're distinguished right, right. oh you're making like cargo pants and sneakers you're making like high top right. sneakers now exactly you're making vests you're making hoodies right Absolutely. so everybody is trying to reinvent themselves right you have to ultimately look out for your own bank account your own well-being i mean are you are you doing this in a lifestyle where you're starting to look like crap and that nobody will want to hire you after? Right. I mean, I've said to some people, you look like you party too much and you don't look like I'm like, do you, do you look in the mirror and think that somebody would hire you? Like that, that, that party story is cool. I know yeah. you went to that party and you were partying with Katy Perry. starts to wear on you. Yeah. Mm. Like I know you were partying with Katy Perry and it was so cool. Like I'm sure that that was fun, but then you go to a casting later and you look like crap and then you don't get that job. That was five G's, 10 G's. Mm. So Katy Perry cost you $5,000. Is right. she going to pay you that? Is Katy Perry going to give you that? So it's a lot to keep track of. And you know, we're now in the world of social media. That's kind of like how solar and I are now working together and just there's still that misconception because people on social media are making it look like they are models. They are working when, you know, me and you know that the story behind it is mm, yeah. just because you got into a party. It doesn't mean that you were hired or paid by this brand. It's mm. not real. This is not a career. Every model will tell you that this is a grind day in, day out. It's like walking around sidewalk your bag on your back you know waiting in long lines i mean look on youtube at the videos of guys trying to get into the armani casting in milan and there's like people sleeping on the sidewalk and stuff like that to land a job because that's what people want it's not i know there's still that there's still that that image of somebody just calling you saying you're the next person for armani that's it no it's a process it's a process with the growing changes and evolution of industry standards and outlets like social media and Instagram. How do you maintain for longevity in the industry when there's so much wavering? What is it that you think that helps you to and has helped you to maintain and will give you the staying power to continue to maintain that separates you from those from the others that may not be able to cons considering that there's so many changes going on within even social media how do you maintain with that i think authenticity always wins always wins and there's something about somebody who is doing them regardless of a trend that a company can see it's a, it's not just a company. I think a person can just look and tell, you know, when everybody is, you know, getting an asymmetrical haircut, when everybody's dying, their hair blonde, when everybody's doing this type of photo, when everybody's has to be seen at Coachella at this, there's something about somebody who's still putting out good content that maybe doesn't do any of those things that people can see. I mean, remember the world is in, New York, LA, and Miami. I mean, you're appealing to people all over the world. I get messages from people that live in like Brazil, Indonesia. My second biggest following is in Brazil. Um, <laughs> Not a surprise. People in Indonesia, people in, you know, all over the place. 
They don't know what these trends are. Half of them probably don't even know what Coachella is. But they like you because there's something that you're doing that just makes you seem like, you know what, you're a cool person. You've got a good energy. And there's something about that try hard energy that somebody might look at your picture, but trust me, they get tired of it. Of you trying to be in every single trend, trying to be next to every single influencer or celebrity that will turn people off at a certain point. And people can tell when you're being yourself. People can tell when, you know, you are desperate for stuff. So the takeaway would be, even if you're, even if you're not popping for a little bit of time and you might be getting less likes than somebody else. Yeah. But your page just looks way more authentic to, you know, companies, anybody who wants to reach out to you and give you an opportunity. Let's say you're an actor. Some of these directors, people, people of influence that are in the industry, they don't really care that you are, you're not next to Kylie Jenner or you didn't get into that fashion week party or whatever. You could just look like somebody who they want to work with because you have that real vibe. You remind them of a character that they had. And a lot of people in social media are trying to get into like modeling and acting and you get, you get attention because of that. You know, I don't, I don't wear the latest Nike shoes. I'm not the one in line trying to get those, those shoes, but I still get people who say, you know, I like what you were wearing and like that kind of stuff. I don't have to go out and get the, all the latest gear, but I'm authentically myself and people can tell. And that's kind of what I would encourage other people to do. No matter what trend comes along, you know, you can try it. You can look at it if you like it, you don't like it, but being yourself always is always going to win always. But first you got to know who you are. So like if people don't, you know, I encourage people, you know, if you're young, try different stuff out, but you know, when you're veering off of what you would normally do and when you're just doing stuff for that new word clout, you know, when you're doing stuff for clout, when you're doing stuff for attention, but authenticity always wins. Very well spoken. I mean, I often have said before that nowadays talent is like a walking trademark and, um, a trademark is a logo and a brand that, uh, a mark that is a source identifier mm-hmm. known for a group of characteristics, personality traits, and people are now walking trademarks. And mm-hmm. so even in reflecting in your Instagram, people come to follow you and know you for a certain set of, you know, a pattern of behavior and, and traits. Mm-hmm. And if you stick to the formula, that's about the best thing you could do. Yeah. Um, I feel like when people veer off of that, there's when the problems come. So, and it's not necessarily about the number Mm-mm. of followers that you have. I, I'm sure you've come across people that have an amazing page and they don't have that many followers. And you're just like, but it's a great looking page that you want to look at. And like I said, I have clients in London who I'm now in contact with on Instagram yeah. who look at my Instagram and they say, you know, your Instagram looks good and looks like somebody who we would want to hire. Then you think of the people who post the pictures of them like passed out drunk right. of them, you know, doing something vulgar. Like a friend of mine put up a video of somebody barfing and then like <laughs> it was pretty disgusting. And I was just like, you know, we're in the same industry. Like, imagine who could be looking at that. Like, you don't even know. Half of the people that you see looking at your stories, you don't you don't really know who they are. It might not. Sometimes it doesn't say, like, such and such a company. Right. That could right. be the PR person at the company who's looking at it. 
it's such a turnoff for a lot of people sticking to making a brand. You, like you said, you are the brand. Do you, would you go for a brand that showed you like vulgar, nasty type of stuff? It doesn't really matter about the number of people that you have. It's the general look. Like do people like that word aspirational is coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, right, right, is right. this something you aspire to? Right. Would right, you right. want to do that? If you had kids, would you want your kids looking right, at them? Exactly. Cause that's how companies think mm-hmm. companies think about the bottom dollar companies think about the mother in Wisconsin. Right. Who, wants to buy products for her kids that's right that go shopping every weekend that's right and then you know her kid shows her the mom something on instagram and right. the mom's looking at like this person's half naked i'm not buying Buy you any of this exactly. person's stuff like who's what are you spending t- the money who's spending the money who's spending the people, money people people yeah. definitely aim at kids but then they don't they forget that like it's the mom and dad's it's money right. I wanted to thank you for your time today i appreciate you not only being a part of solar but taking the time to talk with no, us this today is cool and uh, you guys are gonna get me in trouble. Yep. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Cool. <laughs> thank you again, John. No, Cheers. thank you. That's it for Solar Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time for another great guest and another great story on the art and business of influence. I'm George Manley. This is where the story starts. We can't wait to hear yours. Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. You can find more about solar at solar.com. Copyright 2019, Solar Inc., all rights reserved. Thank you for listening.